Hi, this is Cami Rake, and I'm here with Jared Hogan. Hello. And we're going to be talking to Joe Harkenrider. Hey, guys. Who flew in all the way from Los Angeles just to record this podcast episode with us. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so um, the past three years, the media arts program at Concordia has progressed in many ways. Um, enrollment has been up about 400%. And... A lot of more, a lot of people have become more interested in pursuing a career in the arts in some way. So we're here to talk to you about how someone from the Midwest um, can realistically how they can pursue a career in the arts. So um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Joe, and just tell us um, how your whole story started. My whole story started. Uh, well, introduce myself. Uh, I think I've already been introduced, but I'll do it again. I'm Joe yeah. Arkenrider, uh, class of 2002, uh, born and raised in uh, the good old Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I don't know what else you want. I went to school at Columbia College in Chicago. Okay, yeah. Let's start out where when you first became um, interested yeah, in first film. Became interested in film. My sophomore year here at Concordia in Video One is the end of the year, and I actually was watching footage. I forget who it was, but it was someone from the year previous uh, was accepting an award from this arts uh, competition that the state put on every year called Project XL, and Concordia had always entered in videos and won. It's basically you know the equivalent of like state championships, but for arts. Uh, and I saw that video of someone from the year previous winning an award, uh, getting first place, and it came over me that I was just like, I want to keep doing this, and I want to win one of those awards for some reason, and just continue mm -hmm. making videos forever, and that's kind of when I like knew this is what I wanted to do, you know, as a career. So you never had, it didn't start, like, as a dream at five, oh, I want to, like, make this movie that I love. It was a dream at 15. Gotcha. Even and now it's a nightmare at 33. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's okay. And so how did, um, how did your whole journey start? I know you worked for Comedy Central, um, Mashable.com, mm -hmm. is that right? Okay, so. I'm out right now. Yeah, kind of tell us, like, how you got to that point. Um, well, after I, well, at the end of uh, college, uh, Columbia College, uh, we had this program called Semester in LA, which was sort of a satellite um, bridge program um, that was your last semester of your senior year in California. You're on a studio lot with a professor, and they bring in different teachers um, and producers and lecturers that just sort of like tell you the ropes of like, this is, mm -hmm. you know what you do do, this is what you don't do, um, this is how you get internships and this sort of thing, um, and then they kind of help you get an internship, uh, ideally. So that's kind of how I transitioned out to Los Angeles, um, and then eventually got a internship at Comedy Central and Development um, at the beginning of 2008, did that through the summer, and then by the fall, um, a executive executive assistant position had opened up at Comedy Central um, and they had liked me enough as an intern that they hired me that way and that sort of set me on my path of working in comedy. Mm, okay, so let's go back when you were, before you, um, your first day at Columbia, was that like your first choice for 
a film school or were you looking at other options? Yeah, I mean, I looked at a couple other options, but Columbia was definitely at the top of uh, at the top of my list for sure. Um, right. I looked at USC and UCLA, um, and at least for what I wanted, Columbia was more of a um, a practical school in so much as they focus more on actually teaching you the skills. Where um, like UCLA and USC are, they're great film schools, but they focus a lot more on the like curriculum, and they don't get you actually making mm-hmm. anything until right. like you know later in your sophomore year. And there is just something about you know getting to actually start to make stuff, especially coming out of Concordia, where this program is so amazing and top in the state that I was already at a production level and skill level coming out of high school that I was above and uh, where a lot of freshmen were um, yeah. in college and a lot of that curriculum was. So getting in and getting to continue to make stuff right away was like really important to me, which is why I picked Columbia. Did you have any doubt when you were in college with what you chose to do? Surprisingly, no. Um, I feel like going into the arts can sort of be, you know, it's not a traditional career path, um, but like what, when I was there, um, I don't know. I guess I was just really lucky that, like, for whatever came over me my sophomore year, I just knew from then on that, like, this is what I wanted to do, and this is sort of what I'm, like, meant to do, was, like, in some way, shape, or form, make TV or movies or, you know, videos of some sort. Um, So, yeah, I I feel lucky in that regard of that maybe it was blind ignorance of, like, maybe this might not work out because it's really hard to break into the industry. Nothing's guaranteed compared to other career paths. But, yeah, I was... Uh, I guess lucky enough to have that young blind ignorance of, of maybe not making it and just like I don't know, had it in my head that like this is all I can do and this is what I was meant to do because I just like loved it and had so much fun doing it that I just always was just like uh, it'll work out some way shape or form because this is like what I've been doing for years and then what I really want to do so I'll, I'll figure it out so. and I feel like a lot of people if you talk um, to people about pursuing like I want to be a photographer or an actress or a filmmaker. People from Indiana like find that weird. So for your parents, um, it, I feel like they just view it as a less practical career. Um, so did you have, were your parents supportive of your goals um, to become a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they were... Um you know, in high school, they always supported me, like, making videos and things like that, and they, you know, helped me, uh, you know, I, I would get birthday money and this and that and, and whatnot and and uh, save up money so I could, I built my own computer to edit on at home my senior year of high school, um, and then going to college, they were supportive, um, you know, throughout college and then even when I moved to L.A., um, they were supportive, but they didn't always understand it. You know, they didn't understand yeah. how it takes a while sometimes to get a job out there that you just can't go out to LA and say, I've, you know, wave your diploma in the air or ask for an application to go work at, you know, Hollywood <laughs> Center, uh, you know, headquarters or whatever, because that's just not a thing. But, um, but yeah, they're all supportive. They didn't always understand it or understand, you know, um, you know, my first job offer out there uh, in Los Angeles, I turned down. It was to be an assistant to David Goyer, who was the writer of like pretty much all the Dark Knight movies. Um, Why did you turn that down? Because I really wanted to work in comedy. Um, him and his wife were both writer producers, and she had been doing a lot of comedy, which is why I interviewed with them. And then uh, they offered me a job, but then also it said that his wife, who was mainly doing comedy, was going to be slowly moving away from comedy over the next mm-hmm. few years. Um, and he was 
just getting ready to do The Dark Knight, um, the second one with the Heath Ledger one, uh, and which that would have been cool, but I just knew that that like that's not what I wanted. I wanted to have been happy, you know, as cool as the job as that sounds on paper. I knew I wanted to be in comedy, um, and knowing that after the interview, she had said his wife had said I'm getting out of comedy. It was something where I felt like I needed to. It was still early enough of being in LA that I was. You know, I just had to like stick with my gut and keep going for what I wanted, which is like work in comedy. So I turned that down. So something like that was very uh, for a couple of days was tumultuous when you're given a job offer six months after moving to LA and you tell your parents, yeah, I turned it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've always been supportive. They haven't always understood it, but they're just they've trusted me. You know, so and uh, which is hard. I'm really grateful that they did that because it is a very untraditional. Um, sort of career path, especially coming from you know the Thank middle you. of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it's also at the same time as a very like anyone can do it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like any other job. Like, there's no reason you. The only reason you know you wouldn't be able to do it is if you don't try. So you know, I, I don't think it matters where you come from. You know? So, what advice would you have for someone who wants to pursue this type of career, but their parents are kind of like hesitant like I don't want you to do this and because it's un, quote unrealistic and risky yeah I mean it is um, I mean whatever your situation is um, you know if this is really really what you want to do I would suggest you know continue to do it you know if you're um, you know being asked or forced to go to a different school and not pr- pursue it in an educational sense that doesn't mean you can't continue to make videos and and pursue it, you know, at the same time in tandem, you know, uh, while I do suggest and and encourage students to go to film school, um, they get education and that experience and everything. You don't have to go to film school to be in the industry. You know, um, you can, you know, get a, grab a camera, you know, coming out of Concordia. Um, hopefully you have a good skill set, at least, or a base level knowledge to be able to make videos on your own with accessibility of cameras on our phones now and a laptop. You know, you can make whatever you want. So, um, you know, I think if you're really passionate about it, that's what you want to do, no matter what the obstacles are, whether it's, you know, being asked to go to a different, you know, line of, of education uh, at a school that's not necessarily the industry, you can still continue to make stuff. And if anything, that's even more interesting if you're going to school for, you know, being a scientist or whatever and also making film, like, use that skill set within whatever kind of content you're creating, you know? If you're, like, comedy, but you're going to school for biology, make a funny science show, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think that's what it's about is just no matter what the obstacles are or anything that's in your way or somebody telling you you can't do it, like, figure it out and you can do it, you know, as long as you, you know, persevere and kind of push through it because that's also you know pushing forward into like whatever your career would be that's all the industry is and what hollywood is is people telling you no all the time and everybody is trying to get into this very small you know group of working professionals yeah yeah yeah, exactly so it's like you know if that's the obstacle you're facing going into trying to do it in film school that's exactly what you're going to be faced with out there and as long as you just keep pushing past that like you know you can't do it so if you could redo like just pretend you're a senior in high school would you um go to film school or would you just try to get your foot in the industry as Um, soon as possible yeah i wouldn't change anything about my path or any of my decisions whatsoever um 
you know, uh, not going to, like I said, you can break into the film industry and get into it um, if you, like, you know, kind of know people and get out there and try it. But, um, you know, beyond just getting the education, which I think is really, really important, getting that diploma that you can fall back on if you need to, um, I think going to film school also provides, like, the social environment for that's great as you're, you know, getting older. But also the industry, it's all about, like, you know, they say it's all about who you know. And, you know, most of the people that you're going to college with, you'll probably run into it some way, shape, or form mm -hmm. in the industry, you know, if you go that route. Um, so it's just like getting that skill set and getting access to equipment at a school and also meeting people because the industry is all about collaboration and working together. So I think that's like a big part of it, too, that you meet all those people and get to form those relationships that you can then take with you. Okay. Um, and... Can you just tell us like some of the big projects you did while at Columbia? Because I feel like most um, people don't just move to LA. What was it, six months after you graduated? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I had moved out there for my last um, semester of my senior year. Well, most people, yeah, I feel like don't get that. What job was it again? Six months, six, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, I had gotten an internship at Comedy Central, and then the job offer that I turned yeah, down? Oh, turned yeah. Uh, it was an assistant. It was an executive slash personal assistant job for uh, this writer-producer named David Goyer, who wrote all the Dark Knight movies, um, and then his wife, who was a producer that was doing main, mainly uh, feature films. So that was the, the job I had turned down, but I also got an internship at Comedy Central, which then turned into uh, an executive assistant position there. Yeah, so what made your portfolio or your resume so attractive to um, kind of get those offers really soon after college? Well, I had gotten the uh, internship in a really weird, obscure way, but I... Uh, Actually, at the time, I think what really got me the internship was the fact that as soon as I got out to L.A., I was um, going and working with the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles, um, and they had been looking for someone to help edit a bunch of sketch videos for them because they were launching a new video site, uh, sketch video site. So um, they had been looking for what they called a... Uh, intern, an editor intern, which basically equated to, uh, they would shoot these videos and then they wanted somebody to edit them for them, and for every 40 hours of editing you did, you got a free improv or writing class, and even though I'm not a performer, I didn't really want to be a writer, it was me just trying to get my foot in the door of the comedy scene in general, and also just, you know, it's a free education, so I thought that would be great, so I was, you know, going to comedy shows and well-versed in comedy, I was editing for a big theater, comedy theater in town, um, and then also taking the free classes. So, um, you know, all of that combined on my resume, along with, like, coming from Chicago, that's a huge comedy mm -hmm. city. I think they, like, were willing to take a chance yeah. on me as an intern. Did you do anything at Second City? I didn't. I, I'm not a real big performer. Oh, when I was in, okay. when I was interning slash editing there for the UCB theater, uh, I took one improv, like a set of improv classes, the, the first level, and then one round of their entry level, like sketch writing classes, uh, or class. And that's that's as much as I've done. I'm not a performer and I'm not a writer. I don't. That's why I'm a producer behind the scenes. And that. Yeah. What type of classes did you take at Columbia? Um, I took I. I came out of Columbia with a bat, uh, interdisciplinary degree in film and photography, so it was um, 
a, a degree that I made up, basically. Um, they allow you to basically combine majors if you want and take two-thirds of classes from one uh, focus and a third of classes from another focus. So uh, I was originally majoring in film, minoring in photography, and I decided, oh, if I can just kind of pick and choose which classes I really want, which for me was just, I just want to learn as much as I can about how to make this stuff. So I was, and get access to all the equipment right. and facilities. So, um, so that's what I did. Um, so I was taking a lot of, uh, you know, editing classes, cinematography classes, photography classes, printing classes, so I could get access to lights and cameras and the studio to do my photo shoots in and things like that. So I took a lot of those classes. Um, and then they had a lot of really interesting, like, general education classes, which I really liked there. Like, I took uh, the physics of sound, where um, there's a, excuse me, physics class. Um, but um, it was a revolved around music. So we listened to a lot of music. We were making musical instruments and learning like how and why they make certain tones and things like that. So the general education classes were pretty cool as well. Okay, and so after Comedy Central, what did you end up doing after you were done working? Uh, I worked at Comedy Central, and then I went over to the production company that made the Jackass movies. Um, they, I decided that I kind of wanted to get out of the network side of things and go over to more of the selling side of, of the industry of TV shows, and they were looking to find someone that could help them develop... Um, develop scripted content because they had been doing their typical sort of unscripted silly stuff in that regard um, and they wanted to get into scripted and with my scripted experience over Comedy Central I was a good fit for them so I went over there and helped uh, develop a show called Loiter Squad that was on Adult Swim and helped work on that for a little bit um, and that's like where I went right after Comedy Central. Is that where you still work? No. So, uh, do you kind of open to go into yeah. my hall? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I had worked there, and then after um, after that company, I had left the show, um, and then went over and worked at a company called Earwolf. They're a podcast network. Um, but they had got they started a production company, uh, TV production company ran by uh, Scott Ackerman, who hosts the show Comedy Bang Bang. It's a podcast and a TV show, um, and that eventually they sort of broke off from the podcast network. We turned it into uh, Comedy Bang Bang Productions, um, and I worked there for a bit, and then went back to um, Comedy Central on the digital side, helping develop and produce like digital web series for them and like one off sketches that weren't. Uh, for the web that weren't attached to shows. Um, and then after that, I moved over to the job I'm at currently over at Mashable, um, doing the same thing, developing web series and then doing the actual physical production for them, doing both the creative and the production side. is you know, kind of fun getting to yeah. run run series and, and kind of oversee and hire writers and you know production crews and things like that. So that's where I'm at right now. So you, you worked at all these places. Uh, do you have any, like, um, comp like, major accompli or accomplishments um, that you'd like to share? I've worked a lot, but I haven't accomplished anything. <laughs> kind of the cyclical cycle of Hollywood. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I've, every place I've been, you know, there's been things and projects that I've been, like, really... You know, proud of when I was at Comedy Central as an assistant. Um, the two I was working by the end of my tenure there. Uh, 
I had been working for two VPs, uh, one of which was the executive in charge of Workaholics, and the other was the executive in charge of Tosh.0, and I was, like, working for them as those shows were greenlit and developed, so that was, like, really cool to be working on those shows, knowing how big they got. Um, and then, yeah, when I went over to the, the production company, I was working with the, the Jackass guys, you know, helping sell their first um, scripted show was, like, awesome. You know, that felt that felt great. And then, you know, being on the ground floor of the Comedy Bang Bang Productions company and, and helping them develop, you know, shows. And we sold a show to uh, this company called CISO, um, the Vigilion Dollar Properties is the show that's on, I think it's on the second or third season at this point. Um, again, like with a company that had just started being able to sell that within, you know, a couple years was like... A big accomplishment there and then now over at Mashable um, you know we in the past couple months have been getting into the long-form TV scripted um, development and trying to sell TV shows that way and just kind of again being on the ground floor of that initiative with them is like is pretty cool so every job I've had it feels like I've had like a pretty big accomplishment one yeah, after the other after just, the other yeah you um, have yeah just in Jared's eyes you might not have oh that's not what I meant okay um, actually, one of my biggest accomplishments was getting an award named after me here at Concordia. <laughs> actually, Jared won a couple of years ago the Joe Harkenrider Comedy Award. So is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's on my fridge at home. So no, for real, is it? You ever framed it? I, I thought that I thought the magnet? fridge magnet was good you enough. Know what's that thing gonna be worth something? <laughs> you gotta frame that, man. Oh, I'll, I'll do that when I get home. That'll be right. top of my list. Even better. I thought you had to work. tweet me a photo. I thought you had to work later. Oh uh, yeah, that, that that doesn't. Guys, podcasts are not at the time to, to squabble over okay. right now. Sorry. Um, so Just you're moving. you're <laughs> interest. I feel like you've been interested in doing like TV shows or just. Um, why haven't you been interested in like producing movies, like doing movies or something like that? I mean, if it if the opportunity came along, I mean, long term, yes, I'd like love to oversee and produce a movie. But there's just something about TV and. Um, that I just like a lot more. It's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that you can be working on multiple projects at one time compared to a movie. You really just have to focus on a feature film for, you know, a handful of years um, through, you know, writing it and then producing it and then editing it and then it coming out and having to do all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're just kind of working on one thing. And TV, you can be a lot more diverse. You can be working on multiple projects and multiple shows at multiple times. And that, for me, the, the diversity there is really what's, what's fun. And on top of that, you know, if you're working on a series, you know, you're getting to tell so many stories, you know, because if you're, you have multiple episodes, obviously, in a, in, in a season, so getting to tell a different story every episode compared to a feature film is just one story that you're telling and you're just focused on that. Yeah. So the, the diversity and amount of that is, like, something for me that has really drawn me to TV over film and trying to focus, put my focus there. But I definitely at some point want to do Mm-hmm. TV for sure. So yeah. since you're working on like uh, different shows and stuff, um, how how does that affect your schedule? Because that yeah, that seems really active. Yeah, I mean, yeah, working internally, you know, I've got multiple multiple shows, so it's you know, it, I'm in a good position in that I work at a company doing a job that I really want to do compared to being a freelance producer. When you're a freelance producer, yeah, your schedule's kind of crazy. Like, sometimes you're working 80 hours a week for four weeks in a row, and then... And you get nothing. And then you've got nothing, you know. Uh, and, um, 
you know, so, so the freelance lifestyle is, is completely different and kind of lets you have that freedom sometimes, or then sometimes you just tell your friends, guys, I won't see you for three weeks because I'm producing this thing and I'm going to be working day and night. And when I'm not working, I'm sleeping. Um, but for me, you know, I, I work like 10 to 7, Monday through Friday. Um, so it's a fairly normal schedule. But when we get real busy, you know, um, you kind of just have to sacrifice a little bit in that, uh, you know, might have to work some late nights or, you know, I had a shoot about a month and a half ago. It was a three-day shoot that I had to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then come back into work and continue working. So um, it affects your schedule a little bit that way. Um, but where I've kind of aligned myself of working inside at a company, I've kind of been pretty privileged to have that, you know, have that flexibility of, of doing what I want, but also having a fairly regular schedule right now compared to being a freelancer. So um, hopefully someday I'll be at a high enough level where I'll be running a TV show and mm-hmm. have to tell my friends and family that I don't see them for three months because I'm going to be <laughs> running a show, but that, that's down the line. Can we be in it? No. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Well, let, me, let me sell the yeah, show no, first, no, and, then, and then we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. You can just call us or something. Um, so is it harder to, like, get a job at a production company um, than being a freelancer? Because you made it sound like, well, like, for you personally, it was, you um, you preferred working at a company. But do most people, like, try to get into the company, and they just... Yeah, it's a lot harder because, yeah. you know, within... Uh, within a network you only have maybe six to eight executives ranging from you know lower level executive all the way up so getting those jobs you know there isn't necessarily always a high turnover rate um so it's a it's a lot harder to get in there than uh say the freelance world you know i mean it's still tough to get in the freelance world but there's a lot more jobs there you know because at a network you've got six or so executives and they don't leave for a while especially the high up ones um but they're overseeing a slate of maybe 10 tv shows so if you think about it those 10 tv shows need freelance producers and people like that to uh produce them and work on them and all that kind of stuff so you know therefore it's there are more of those freelance jobs than the executive and and high level office jobs so therefore it's, it's it is a little harder to get in but once you're kind of in and on that path um you know, you, you meet other people within that world and you can kind of move to other companies if you want. Okay, so your interest in film started with the program here at Concordia. But what made you initially take the class? Um, well, it was an art credit um, that I needed to take. But, I mean, honestly, uh, from what I remember, I, rem- I remember, like, before that, uh, my grandmother had given us a VHS camera and that summer I just, like, filmed a bunch of uh, just random stuff and tried to edit it on my VCR from the camera. Um, So there's a little bit of like, oh, I like, you know, making videos. Um, But then, yeah, getting into the class, it was like, it was an art credit. And I thought, you know, it'd be more fun to make videos and learn how to, you know, edit and, and make funny, funny videos than say, going and painting or yeah, doing like pottery or something or like something that you know like so so this is just like something that really like interests me um just because you know i think it, like i said it's it stemmed from you know my grandma probably just giving us that that vhs camera and me like making like i think my sister and i made a parody of the grinch or something like that and like dressed me up in a green monster costume and she put me in a a sled and push me down the stairs from those things. Oh, I don't even know where it's oh. at. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that was that was the main thing that got me probably into it. You know, was honestly a little bit of, you know, I need an art credit, so this is better than having to paint because I don't really like <laughs> painting. And you know, I had had that that camera for a bit and played with it as a as a kid um, before before my sophomore year, and then I got into it and just. Uh, fell in love with like making videos and just editing and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so if someone walked up to you and said, "I want to start making videos in LA," what would you tell them? Good luck. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I mean, a little, little facetious. Um, I mean, I would encourage it. You know, if anybody really wants to do it, I mean, especially coming from the Midwest where that's not a typical career path, I'm like fully in support of you know following that because it's it's hard hard work but it's like exciting and so rewarding when you're done you know seeing what kind of funny product you know for me working in comedy could come out of it um but it's yeah it's hard work but it's also like it's just a really interesting career path and it it provides so many like life opportunities I feel like uh, and getting to especially if you're like on a crew if you're a cinematographer or something like that there's all sorts of opportunities to travel the world and it's just a much more interesting lifestyle uh, you know Um, and I feel like more rewarding than a lot of other career paths and like that alone of getting to like be on set with like famous actors and or just you know getting paid to just make videos instead of sitting in an office to me is just a lot more fulfilling and interesting than, than a more typical career path and that's kind of why I would encourage people to do it because it's just it's a way more interesting way of life than I feel like being traditional so if you want to do that you know it's you get to have so many more life experiences than, than if you go a more traditional route so fully supportive okay um Okay, how important is, like, you were talking about how um, it's good to get out to L.A. or New York City because those are the top um, entertainment spots in the nation. Um, How important is, like, where you go to college for film or any career? Is it, like, the location? Um, Is that more important than yeah, I mean, to, to a degree, it, it does matter because the, the more uh, popular film schools, you know, they have programs in place to help you after you graduate and prepare you a little bit more. Um, I, I think it's, it is important in that regard in that, like, you know, um, it looks a little bit better if you're going to a top-tier school, film school, uh, compared to, you know, a school that doesn't necessarily provide that to you. Um Uh, or provide that sort of, like, program. Um, You know, there are schools that have, like, media arts departments, but they're more sort of for, like, journalistic sort of things and uh, types of content and and whatnot. Um, But I think, you know, location obviously helps if you're going to school UCLA or USC for film and you're in L.A. or any film school in L.A. Obviously, you're closer to that industry and will meet more people and have a higher chance of that. Um, But I... Yeah, I, I think it's definitely important, but it's not, you know, a make or break. It's not like if you go to a smaller film school that you're not going to make it in, you know. I think it really all relies on you um, and that, you know, what you do with the resources you provided at whatever school you're at and then, you know, how badly you want that kind of job and be successful and whatnot and just kind of figuring it out. Okay, and um, what are some hindrances coming from, like, the Midwest when you... Like pursuing this career, 
I think the you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier in the like sort of support aspect. You know, it's a very untraditional career path, so it can sort of be daunting in and of itself to try to break into the industry. But then when you have lots of you know friends and family from this region that may not understand that career path mm-hmm. um, and they may not always fully support it, that can be even you know tougher. Um, I was lucky to have you know supportive. Supportive family. Um, they may not have fully understood it, but you know, I, I was lucky in that regard. But I, th- I think that's the biggest thing that I can see students, you know, going to college and uh, and being at like your level of, you know, that being a hindrance of really wanting to do it may not have the full support. But I would again say, just you know, I think it's worth it if you want to do it. Like figure it out you know that's like the biggest thing that's what you're gonna have to do when you get into the industry so you know if you're not having that support now you're gonna have to figure it out um and is there any benefits coming from india i mean honestly i've been in la for nine years now and organically i've just ran into and become friends with a lot of people from the midwest so that is like an intangible thing Mm -hmm. but also in, in la uh LA. Um, in LA and like in the industry specifically people from the Midwest out there have just actually have like this very good sort of stereotype put on them and that they are just known as being really nice hardworking people so it's like almost every job interview I've had like I always make that known because everybody from LA like wants to work with people from the Midwest because we just have this you know, stereotype yeah. put on us that like you're just really nice and hardworking, and that's like really rare in the industry because you know. Yeah, it's why kind of, is everyone so neat? Like, that's <laughs> what I've heard. Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's an industry that is that is tough to get into, and you kind of you know it's it's a little yeah. cutthroat, so to speak. And like you said earlier, sort of a shark tank. So you kind of have to be tough and thick skinned, and like at times, you know, unfortunately, people are ruthless just to get ahead, you know, and do whatever they have to do. So I think people coming from the Midwest that have that, you're just nice and hardworking. Like, you're sort of a unicorn out here. Like, how are you, you know, where did you come from? So, um, but, you know, the, the Midwesterners that I've, like, aligned myself with um, and myself, we just kind of, like, use it to our benefit. And, you know, honestly, I've probably gotten some work because of that, you know, just because we're hardworking, nice people. So that's, like, one of the biggest benefits I feel like I've had going out there. So if you go to New York or LA or anything like that, like where do you, where would you start? Yeah, do we just like the hop bottom? On a, hop on a start at the bottom. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is just you know depending on what you want to do. I wanted to do you know make comedy, so I just immediately tried to get into the comedy scene and go to comedy clubs and meet performers and people because that was the skills that I didn't have. I think that's one of the biggest you know piece of pieces of advice I could give to you know students or people trying to go out uh and make it is you know know what you're really good at and then find friends and other people around you uh to surround yourself with that kind of fill in those gaps of those other aspects that you're not you know aren't necessarily your strong suit because then you know it's, it's all about collaboration and in the industry so if you're kind of coming up together as a team and finding people that are better uh, for you um you know, that are better than you at doing other things, um, then yeah, you know, like I said, surrounding yourself and, and creating a sort of little team 
so to speak, um, I think is one of the best things because it's hard to make it in the industry. So if you're kind of all in the trudges together a little bit, um, you know, come up together, it's a little easier than trying to just do it by yourself. Okay. Um, do you have any like touching advice, last advice you want to give us? I don't know. I guess I would say, um, any parents are listening, support your kids, you know, going into this industry. And if they're, you know, when they're young, give them, give them a camera, not crayons. Okay. Um, thanks for being here. And how do we end this? It's live. No, it's not. How do we end it? Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming and let it or no oh shoot all right well thank you guys for uh, coming and being a host on my podcast um i'm really glad that you came here to interview me and host my podcast so it was really great to really great to be here and to have you guys on my podcast as as a host so uh thanks for having me and hopefully i can fly back out here again and uh and be a guest on my podcast uh maybe you two could be hosts again or we can have somebody else be a host. no you should be the host i should be the host yeah thanks for allowing us to interview you for your podcast. Yeah.